I was playing eighth grade and freshman year. Well, I came back for fresh, I guess it was freshman and sophomore year, maybe. And I came back and I just had this massive growth spurt. Well, they wanted me to be a center and be underneath the basket because I was the tallest. Because you're tall. Except when I looked straight up, I got freaking vertigo. <laughs> so I would literally jump up and rebound and land on my side because my my coordination did not keep up with the speed of my body. I'm Josh Sigmund. And I'm Bryn Rouse. I'm a mortgage guy with a passion for helping people with their money and all things business. Bryn is my co-host. And I'm a marketing girl. I am literally obsessed with it. Oh, and Josh has showed me how to save money. Quite a bit, actually. Because of her obsession, I hired her to do my marketing. And we've worked together for 10 years. We launched Sigmund Sense in 2020, a podcast about money. It's a podcast that teach people how to save more, give more, create wealth, and retire early. And we recorded and published 34 episodes. People liked it, and it was so fun. But most importantly, we helped people. So we're excited to announce we're doing a second season. And we're mixing things up. We're moving away from money talks to focus on all things business, leadership, management, team building, book reviews, hiring, firing, operations, motivating teams, lead generation, time management, personality profiling, closing skills, and of course money and marketing. We are inviting you to continue this journey with us and we want your input. What topics would you like to see covered? Email all of your ideas to our podcast email address, sigmundsense at gmail.com. And be sure to click that subscribe button when you visit our channels. You'll get notified when we drop new episodes. Are you ready? Season two, getting down to business. Welcome to Sigmund Sense. See, he's gonna do just fine. I wouldn't worry about him. I wouldn't worry about him. It's just so but we have to get on and do an episode here for you. Um, so what we're going to talk about, well, welcome back. Sorry, we were just chit-chatting there for a second. But uh, we're going to talk about, welcome back to another episode of Sigmund Sense. We're going to talk about marketing actual needs. So this is in the series about how to drive top, top line revenue and what the best salespeople have in common. And one of the things, you know, if you were, if you tuned into last, let's say this a different way. If you did not tune into last episode, I'd recommend you go back. Cause. And then we, the one before that and the one yeah, before that, yeah, because we're, we're on like, a, five <laughs> we're on a roll that. with these sales topics. <clears throat> That's right. But uh, episode four uh, of this series anyways, is about active listening. And we got, we were talking after we're wearing the same shirts, if you can't tell, we were talking about, um, uh, that series, as soon as we, we, we turned off the cameras, one thing that we need to make sure we dovetail to make sure we continue this thought process into what's required to be able to target market the actual needs mm-hmm. is by asking all those questions, using those tactics, doing 110 and 100 level conversations. What you're really trying to do is identify, is there shit to sell? Yeah. Let's start there. Not everyone is meant to be your client. Not everyone is a good fit for your needs. Do not sell people stuff that does not is not good for them is not a lit, a win for both of you, is not something that is uh, the right decision for them. That's where dirty salesmen come from. So if there is a need, sometimes what people don't realize is part of asking better questions results in you identifying a need that that person didn't even understand was there, right? So I'll give you an example. Um, in real estate, most realtors become realtors because they like people and they like houses and they like HGV, HGTV. And so all of a sudden they think that they can make a million bucks in real estate. It is not true for most realtors, right? There right. are lots that are great. It is not great for most realtors. And so um, just because you uh, like people and just because you like houses does not mean you are a great business person. So, How about this entrepreneur? Or entrepreneur. Uh, so here's some examples. Uh, uh, I'm glad you sold all that property. How much did you make last year? Cool. How much did you keep last year? What yeah. were your expenses last year? Mm-hmm. 
How many leads you get last month? How many leads you get last week? What was your conversion leads? Well, why does all this matter, right? And for business people, we know that the, that you've got to track everything. You know, we've had many episodes just about tracking everything in personal family budgets and profit and loss, things like that. But when we really come into this conversation, it's, um, remember we said in the last episode that if you ask better quality questions, you're going to stand out. You have a better quality. Yeah. Uh, uh, you're going to have, if you ask better quality uh, questions, you have better quality conversations. And that gives you something that people are going to pay attention to. So for example, uh, in different businesses, sometimes people will pay for a, uh, a marketing relationship, right? Like there are cases where there are lenders paying for right. or helping pay for marketing expenses, paying for Zillow leads alongside of a realtor as an example. Well, they're not doing anything wrong because they're both joint marketing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, the realtor in that case literally is only viewing the lender on the basis of, are you going to pay a thousand bucks to help me with leads monthly or not? Right. And my point is, is, well, uh, is that really what you need help with? How many leads a month do you actually generate? How do you like paying for buying leads on the internet? What's your conversion ratio on those leads that you got from the internet? What's your conversion ratio on just your personal friends? We're talking about a 90% conversion versus a 1% conversion or a 5% conversion. So do you want to mess with a hundred people that five of them maybe go walk through the door with you? Or do you want to mess with three and two of them walk through the door with you? Like that seems like a smarter business or referral based business. And so they, sometimes those light bulbs don't go off because they don't know what to say, who to call, how to market all those things. Right. But we're asking them. Or just never learned it because they've never been taught it. And that goes back to why through these questions, what you're going to uncover allows you to sell on the spot or market down the road. And it allows you to, to make sure that you're marking the actual needs. So let me finish this example because then you can jump in and explain like, now how would you market that, right? Mm-hmm. So you and I know it's not about getting more leads. You want to convert more of the leads you've got. For most yeah. salespeople, that's the truth. It is not about getting more leads because more leads result in more staff results. First in, step is get first step is getting more leads, which is the whole point of this whole series, right? Right. Like, fill the funnel. Yeah, get lots of funnel. leads. Get lots of leads. When but then you have yes, more leads than you can handle, start, then you can say no to people easier. You can yeah. tell people like the truth, like you're not a great fit for our product. You mm-hmm. don't tolerate bullshit from people that don't appreciate you in your relationship. There's a lot of great things from having too many leads, but then when you dial down to are we a good fit? enough so that I'm going to market you in the future. I think a great, a classic example is just conversion. Mm-hmm. So here's a realtor who's brand new that thinks that the reason why a lender should work with me is because they're going to pay me a thousand bucks a month to help me out with my marketing expenses. Mm-hmm. And I would come in and say, well, really my job is to help you uh, earn more money. If I can't help you earn at least a thousand dollars a month, you should fire me anyways. Uh, let me help you with your conversion. How many referrals do you get last month? You have five. Okay. Well, if I could teach you, I get 15 referrals. And you didn't have to pay for any of them. Mm-hmm. And instead of converting 5%, you could help you convert 33% of those referrals. That means you're closing five deals a month with 15 referrals instead of closing five deals a month on 100 referrals. <sighs> and you're paying for these and you're not paying for these. Right. So you're going to make more money per transaction. Uh, that makes you almost three times the money. If you work with me, would that be worth us working together? But they don't yes. know that conversion is the most important thing. Right. They don't know. They Absolutely. They don't. They are not taught to measure the most 
the key indicating performers. What are they? The um, key per- KPIs. Uh, KPIs. Yeah. Key yep. uh, key performance indicators. Right. Yeah. Um, in conversion is absolutely one of them. I see this time and time again, time and time and time again. It's the goal is based around a volume number or a unit number, yep. no matter what industry you're in. This is how many units I need to sell, or this is the amount of either uh, revenue or the amount of volume I need to bring in. Yep. Um, yep. And which means I need to do this much a month. And that's where it stops. Yep. But if we don't know what makes up the monthly number and what it takes, how many people does it, how many people do we have to talk to to actually get that number per month? That is the missing indicator. Or just like, how can I, how can I hit that same number doing half the work? Which is such a win. Or what if I did the same amount of work, but got double the the results? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. But this all goes back to the, the idea is that now that you've uncovered something that's sellable, mm-hmm. right? That they could you could actually help them with because they don't even know. Like their current, you know, uh, referring partner is has they just think I'm just gonna send a check and that's all I gotta do. Then they now you've uncovered something that is marketable. Mm-hmm. And so um, this is a key thing because a lot of people try to cram down their value proposition, which is not applicable to the person that they're talking to. And I'll just give you a quick example. And then um, I'd like to hear like uh, how you might market this, right? So this is a generic statement, but this is an example of what a what I might any lender might perceive to be the value for a client is mm-hmm. versus what a uh, any lender should believe that their value to a referring partner is a realtor, right? So national stats say that. So this is not my opinion. Clients do care about separative communication. They care about closing on time, being proactively communicated with, and not being bait and switched, that mm-hmm. the numbers match reality at closing, right? Right. So if I understand that, then the way I should market these clients would be Just to let them know don't do those things. in all different ways that, <laughs> hey, I'm going to close on time, I close out, yeah. and I communicate, right? And what's in it for them? Like why these things are important because they might right. not understand. On the flip side, a realtor expects me to close on time or they just won't refer me. They expect me to return calls or they just won't refer me. So those are basic expectations, but that's that's not why they, that's that's the job. job. That's not why they would use us. Right. But if my number one proposition to a realtor is I help you make more money, the way I'm helping you make more money is by increasing your conversion ratio, by coaching you uh, and by referring you people every year. Now that's going to speak to a realtor. Or by the way that I've chosen to set up my my team. Process, yeah. My so like process is good right? for you. Increase your conversion. That, that goes back to increasing the conversion, mm-hmm. right? So, but if I said to a client, hey, you should use me. I help agents make more money. I help increase the conversion <laughs> ratio and I coach my agents. That's a miss on marketing. But I'm trying miss. to be as explicit as possible yeah. of you target market the actual needs. The actual needs. So this goes back to, we got to market to clarified. people individually. <laughs> yeah. And the same thing to a, an agent. I, I got to go back and make sure that they're, I'm clear about what they need and market that. So No, I think that's important because um, a lot of times you'll hear, what's your unique value proposition? And I don't feel like it ever is talked about that you can have two or three value propositions depending yep. on who you're selling to or who the client is. So I love that you brought that up. Um, what was your question? Well, then, so how would I, you know, you're a specialist in marketing, right? So when it comes to how I might, uh, prove 
my promises uh, or how I might how measure my promises to a client of closing on time, closing accurately and communicating, right? So we talk about Tuesday updates. Uh, proactively, we talk about, uh, um, you know, 30-day closings, docs tile three days in advance. We talk about uh, hitting the numbers or just paying the difference, right? So if I know that this, these are things that a client expects once and, and would appreciate, at what points in the conversation along the way should I be interjecting that and how should I interject that? Okay, so I think that before you start telling them anything about what you can do for them or or how great you are, right, in quotations, is to ask them about their pain points. What's um, most important to you? Yeah. Because I think... I think it's really safe to assume that if they are sitting there with you, that there's a reason they're sitting there with you. And that's important to understand. And one of my favorite questions is, tell me what you were hoping to get out of this conversation. Love that. Um, and I love even more to ask that when they finish telling me how wonderful their existing vendor is or their lender is. Um, how they've hung the moon and they've been, been friends for years. And, you know, I, I, there's literally nothing he, he does wrong at all, or he or she does wrong. I love asking them, why are we sitting here? Like, what do you, what do you want from this meeting? Um, the most common answer you'll, you will hear is, well, I'm, I never shy away from an opportunity, which there is definitely, there's definitely truth to that. But going back to listening, what's not being said hear me clearly, they would not be sitting there if their interest wasn't peaked for some reason. Um, so the job is to find out what that reason is. So if you can say, you know, like you just alluded to, Hey, the, the biggest complaints are, you know, missed closing dates, lack of communication and bait and switch. How do you feel about those? You know, have you had any experience with those? How did it end? How did it, how'd the relationship end? Oh, I love this. What did this do? What did this do for the overall experience? What you're doing is you're making it be painful. You're making them like, feel the pain. Remember like, the pain. Like, let's relive this horrible moment That's together. That's <laughs> um, Which sounds mean, but in reality, everybody deserves better, right? Mm -hmm. Like nobody is, nobody deserves to work with shitty vendors. And they deserve to work with somebody who's great and that's going to represent them really well. So, um, but sometimes we're blinded. So you have to help point out that there's things that you have come to expect as okay and normal and you deserve better. And so if, if one of those three things that I bring up, well, you know, this, you know, we, we, we constantly are missing closing dates or they're constantly being pushed back at the last minute after they tell me like how that feels, the opportunity there is not to go in and say how we're better. It's to go to the next thing, like continue asking. Okay. So tell me about, have you, you know, what about, um, communication? Like what kind of communication issues have you had and what has that caused for your sanity and your home life and your client's home life? So it's really, it's super hard, especially when you first start meeting with clients in a sales position to not um, rapid fire, the solution to every single thing that they say, well, I hate when my lender doesn't call me, Well, we call every Tuesday. Well, I hate when my numbers aren't right. Oh, we guarantee ours. Right? Like that's what that conversation sounds like. And it's hard to stray away from that, but you have to, you have to maintain control and continue digging deeper. Um, 
And then when there's literally nothing left and you've exhausted everything and you have all the problems on the table and now they're like, why do I work with this person? Like, what's wrong with me? Then it's your time to say, here's, here's what we do differently. Um, and I, and I like to point out that it's not, it's not uncommon that these things happen. It's not uncommon what you're, what you've experienced. It's not, these are very normal things, which is why what we do differently is so special. And that's why, that's what I want to tell you about. And so we dive in very clearly in a way that they can follow along with and understand, speak their language. Here's how we overcome the communication issue. We have a standard of every single Tuesday. You, it's mandatory. Everybody in the transaction gets an email saying in a call on exactly where we're at in the process. Would that help you? If something like that was in place, would that help you? Would you be able to focus forward rather than backwards? Would that make you more money? Would that help you sleep at night? Yes. And so right. then you go on to the next and the next and the next, however long it takes. Um, so I don't know if that answered so, the question. Well, but partly, yeah. So... Uh, so then they say that all sounds great, Bryn, but I really like my relationship. So how do you keep following up so if with they, marketing if, the needs? Yeah. So if relationship is important and you know, you're looking for ways to continue, um, the drip and the follow-up and, and you don't want, you have this impactful first meeting and you don't want it to fall flat because you're not sure what to right. do next. Immediately schedule a second appointment, um, and bring them into the office, bring them into your space and have it's very um, powerful but put an asterisk there guys like if you can bring somebody to your, like you're in more control when you're in your own space yes which another asterisk goes by and you taught me this in the very beginning um was to go to a neutral location for your first meeting yep. so don't go to their office and they don't come to your office yep. you go to a coffee shop yep. um and there's a lot of there's there's a lot of power in that if um you're meeting at their office they are sitting behind their desk they are in the power position they are also very tempted to be distracted by work and people popping in and their their daily duties of their job. Yep. Um, and same for you. So um, a neutral location is always best. But yes, the second appointment, if you can bring them into your space, show them around, bring them into your world. This is where your clients will sit when they get here um, to arrive for the for the appointment. This is where, you know, this is the team that's going to handle your yep. loan. Bring them through that. Well, that's called, that's a classic sales. It's a demonstration sales. There's a reason why when you go to a car lot, the first thing they say <laughs> is, you it. like the car? Let's drive it. Let's drive it. Like you'll smell the new leather smell. You'll see the shiny new stuff. And you're like, I want this thing here. Yeah. Um, past that, um, I would absolutely be prepared with, you know, surveys that say, or, or yeah, from that's our what clients. I was alluding to. So yeah, testimonials like and surveys. surveys are a huge one. And this is something yeah. that, um, you know, don't tell me, show me is a real thought process. Mm -hmm. that everyone has. I'm glad you said that out loud. The, if you're not surveying your client experience, uh, you're making a miss because you can't fix what you don't know is broken is the first thing you, you think of. And no one's in a shout from the rooftops about how great you are better than you can. Yeah. So if you can, if you're not surveying, you should always survey in the service experience for sure. Uh, and and every, I want to point out, I would not, um, I would not sugarcoat those like uh -uh. very real surveys and it's okay if there's a blemish in there. Yep. Um, nobody's perfect. And yep. I think it's important that you also point out that, Hey, I know all of this sounds great right now. Um, know that there will be, yep. we will run across something <laughs> that, that won't be yep. great share the bad too. Yeah. In fact, something I've started incorporating is the worst survey ever. Well, <laughs> I actually have started incorporating, Hey, if you're, 
going to experience frustration with working with our team in a new, in a, if I'm trying to recruit somebody, an agent to start using us, if you're going to experience frustration with our team, it's going to be during this area. And I explain it in a detailed format because that sets them up for success, right? Like here, if you're going to be frustrated, which also sets the stage of frustration is normal because you're dealing with change. And then here's what to do when you feel that frustration, you call me and we'll work through it. So pointing out where the imperfections are too is huge. It's raw and it's real and it's not everything is sunshine and roses, but we're trying really hard to make it well, that's, a, that's something I think is really, uh, really cool is no one likes listening to a public speaker that's perfect. Uh, I was taught years ago by Rick that um, if you want to be a great public speaker, be real, share pain. Yes. And it's the same thing when you're marketing. Like here's here's an example of 99 great service. I remember we a couple of years back, it's probably been a, almost a decade now, I hate to age us, but we were at the old office. I remember that. And that year we had got, we had, we had added up every single lead, every single closing, every single survey. And we figured out that that year, the numbers are gonna be exact, but they'll be darn close. We'd gotten something like 2000 leads. We'd given out like 800 pre-qualifications. We had closed like 400 of them. And there were five pre-qualification letters we gave out that didn't actually close. Three of them had attempted to commit mortgage. I remember this piece. Three had attempted to commit mortgage yeah. fraud. Uh, one of them lost their job right before closing, and the fifth one, I definitely screwed up. <laughs> it was definitely my fault. But I said, but there were a thousand referrals, a thou- and right. I screwed up once. Yeah, but I'm honest. I do screw up, but it was once. I'm that good. One hundred percent. Like I think it's. We actually marked that for a full year. I remember marking it for I a full still, year. I mean, I, you know, when the time is right, if I hear that that's their need. Then that is definitely what I bring up. It's funny. I haven't How'd thought about like that one for a long time. But <laughs> use of test client testimonials, like uh, this day and age, more and more and more people are using uh, Yelp and things like that. Yeah. Just to double check what the last experience was. Um, but demonstration sales and proof of behaviors, not telling somebody what, your, what the experience will be, mm-hmm. is a, a key piece to marketing the actual needs as long as it's relevant, right? So I'm not going to market what this person wants to this person. I'm not going to market what this person wants to this person either. Um, you know, but if we're strategic, it's really easy just to keep on dripping on the same thing. Uh, one example, and I'll, uh, and I, I know we're, we'll wrap it up here pretty quickly is everyone like going back to realtor lender relationships. Like this, I love this one. So, um, I used to not wish happy birthday to all my agents. It was just because I wasn't organized. It wasn't on my calendar and I'm not, I wasn't on Facebook at all. And I didn't have an assistant to tell me, right? Yeah. Uh, but all of a sudden, all those things started to happen. And I do care about my agents and their birthdays. Right. Uh, I just wasn't organized. And so when I did start getting better and better at, we always wish happy birthday. I always call the day before I do a video. I send out a gift in advance. Like, I want to be the first person to wish happy birthday now. <laughs> I always that. I and the first I, one. not the last one, not in the middle, because they're getting 50 yeah. calls. But because I'm that dialed in at that piece now, and I know that... Yeah. A lot of other loan officers are like me, disorganized, especially the, the rookies. Then what I'll do when I'm talking to somebody that says, yeah, I've had a great relationship with, with my lender. I'll say, cool, what's your birthday? And they'll say, well, I don't know, my birthday's May 1st. Why do you ask? I said, do me a favor. If your lender that loves you so much doesn't have the courtesy to call you on your birthday, and I remember, and here it is, and today is April the 1st, and I remember it's your birthday, 
and I wish you happy birthday and your lender doesn't, can I earn a lead from you? And it's just <laughs> basics like that because then yeah. it's going to go on my calendar. I'm going to call the day yeah. before. There's going to be a gift there. And I just sit there at the end of the day and call and say, did your lender wish you happy birthday? And at the end, I've had to do, I did that three times ever, but all three times it worked. You know, it's just That's one of those things. super cute. Yeah. Um, I think it's also worth pointing out, you know, cause we're talking about, uh, marketing to specific needs, but I also think another way to say this is marketing to people the way they want to be marketed to. Oh, I love that you pointed that out. And, yeah. um, which is why, you know, our marketing campaigns, however you want calendar. to say it, our marketing calendar is developed around a lot of different things that take that, that, um, cater to different people. Yep. So we have an educational piece that is for the people that really want to, that are the, the, you know, they're, um, driven and fueled by learning and, you know, business. Growth. Yeah. Those type of things. We have other, you know, we have a happy hour. Those people are more relationship. Like, you know, it's, it's not that they are not, it's not one or the other, it's what gets them ticking, right? Yep. And so there's people that just want to hang out with us and they want to talk with us over drinks. That's great. That's why we have the happy hour. Um, there's people that only text, never check email. That's why we have a text campaign. There's people that only want calls. There's people that only want emails. There's, there's some people some... that literally never want to be marketed to. That, yes. They just want yes. you to perform your job. Please don't call me. Please don't email me. I don't want your updates. I don't want anything. Don't waste your time. And here's the thing. Like it took me a long time to learn to respect that yep. because it's so uncomfortable because as a marketing rep, as a salesperson, you know, we're taught to follow up, follow up, follow up. And that is an outlier, right? Like what, how do you handle the person that doesn't want to be just marketed perform. to, right? Like yep. that's really hard. Um, and it's hard to respect. And so, you know, finding the boundaries there, um, it's important to not get into a trap of letting them fall away, yep. um, which can happen. Um, so once a quarter follow-up, whatever, slight subtle touches, a birthday gift, a birthday card, something like that is great for those people. But respecting what people want is huge. But it's yep. also why your marketing calendar has to be layered with different elements things yeah and this goes to so we still do even hard copy right we'll do yeah and we break that down so let's say let me give you an example yeah. so we have a mail out once a month but we alternate the right brain versus left brain we do a letter mm -hmm. of the heart which is kind of like uh you know this is what's going on with my family here's picture of my, my, mm -hmm. my kids and da 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 which my wife would love and read and facebook friend you if you sent that to us and i would throw it in the trash and the next month i'm throwing a uh, or sending out a mail out about a evidence of success Here's what we did. What this we did. this like, this client yeah. was denied. They were trying to buy a, their perfect lake house. Mm -hmm. Here's how we fixed it. If you know somebody like that, this thing to buy a, a lake house, please contact us. And I would read that, and my my wife would throw it in the trash. And then uh, we're sending out video emails, mm -hmm. and the video emails are everything from a motivational Monday, a wealth Wednesday, a fun Friday. They're doing book reviews, and those are rotating because. People that don't read aren't going to listen to the book right. report. And people that uh, are are not engaged with their money are not going to care about Wealth Wednesday, right? Exactly. And then we're doing client appreciation parties. And what's crazy, they got thousands of past clients, but hundreds show up, not thousands, hundreds will show up to these client right. appreciation parties. We do it twice a year. And the ones that are super engaged, we, we've been engaged with for over a decade, right? And the other ones, they'll still... They'll walk in with my business card, yeah. which is my love of the heart yeah. from 15 years ago, along with every mail out I've sent out over the last Just 15 so years to yeah. say, this literally happened to me last year. 
Hey, I haven't talked to you since we did you, you did my loan. Uh, you met all, I, I met all three of your kids through the cards that they'd never met. They were, I had unborn children at that point. Now I've got three. They watched their so kids grow fun, up. Yeah. Right. So you do that stuff. You do uh, technology touches. You know, you can do CRM stuff with drip emails. You can do text message, text magic. You can do phone calls. We, there's actually <laughs> new technology that you can leave messages that sound personalized from you with dialing one phone number to a 10,000 people, right? Slide out, so baby. the the whole idea here, guys, is this is a creative piece. Yeah. That's why I had to hire Bryn. So maybe you suck at being creative. But the key here is you've got to, through your active listing, decide what the client's actual needs are, what's relevant to them, what's interesting. Mm-hmm. And now you market to them in a way that is meaningful and interesting and engaging to them. Totally. And so it's that, 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 the best salespeople, and this is the whole purpose of this, the best salespeople understand that it's not a one size fits all. It's really not. It is, uh, it's something that is morphing and changing and there's always something new. But um, when you nail this one, your conversion ratios go through the roof. It goes through the roof. And I, you know, one thing I always end with at appointments is I set the expectation of what they can expect from a marketing perspective. Yep. And um, and I walk through the different elements. Oh, we do that after so, closings too. That's true that we do. Yeah. Yes. So, um, you know, I always say like, here's what you can expect. Like this is, this. these are the things we do. Um, come to what you want dismiss what you don't want. Um, and then I will always touch in with a phone call, you know? And so that way they have a good idea of, Hey, I'm not pressuring you to respond or come to every class or every happy hour or whatever. Um, it's designed to, for you to pick and choose what you want, you know? And so I think that expectation kind of gives them the idea of like, okay, here's, you know, I can be comfortable with deleting the email that I get. Right. But subtly, and it's important that marketing people understand that um, every time they see your name is a win. So um, don't eliminate people. Well, they said they hate, they said they said they have so many emails every day that they can't check them. So I don't want to put them on the email list. No, they still go on there because you want them to, they, you want them to see your name. Um, yeah. That's all they need to see, right? Um, so don't ever eliminate people. Just make sure that you're, calendar and your marketing efforts are multi-layered, multi-layered. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, you know, every single person is going to be different. And I think the sale is being very clear about what they're not getting. What are they not getting? What are they not getting? Um, and also this one took me a long time to learn is there, there comes a time when you have to tell somebody, I don't know that I don't, fit. I don't know that we, you need to change vendors or I don't know that I am the person for you. Yep. That's super hard. That is super hard. And in fact, I had a, um, a conversation with someone probably two months ago that I'm like, man, I actually feel really bad if I would, were to steal your business away from this dude. He sounds like a really stand up guy. <laughs> like, I, I, there's nothing wrong. He's performing well. You're happy. Like, how do we, how are we here? What, how do we get here? Yep. <laughs> how do we get here? You yep. know, um, but I'll be here if he ever dies. But I will retires. be here. Yep. And, and in that moment I had to tell him, I want you to know that what I'm asking of you, because let's not, let's not mistake this for me, not closing. I'm still going to close. Don't, don't be mistaken. I still closed him. But I said, be, I want you to understand that I know what I'm asking of you 
is hard. Like you've been in a rhythm referring this guy. You hear Linder, you say Bob, Linder, Bob, Linder, Bob. And I'm asking you to change that rhythm. And I know that that's very hard. And I know that it's going to be uncomfortable and, and, and not feel great at times. I, we can, we can go as slow as you need to, <laughs> you know? Um, and so that's okay too, yep. but it all goes back to the very first conversation about you have to have enough leads to be able to stomach those conversations yep. because if you don't have enough, man, it's really hard yep. to say like, please don't send me business that's yet. Right. right? Yeah. So. But it's, it's, I love that you finish up there and we're going to, we're going to finish up this episode right now. But we appreciate your comments and your feedback and yeah. your own stories. So please reach out to us more often. Uh, I didn't tell you. I just had my first reach out from Australia. No way. Yeah. Contacted me from Australia. I've got to share it with you. But um, what? Got, what? Like, what do you mean? Like, what? Uh, yeah, I'll share with you afterwards. Don't worry. <laughs> but uh, anyways, I appreciate uh, you guys uh chiming in and uh, we'd love to hear from you more often but until next time absolutely find us on youtube and itunes and amazon music and spotify and email us at sigmundsense at gmail.com cool with beans. any comments cheers have you one bye-bye